Welcome to the Ideas Can't Wait podcast, where I interview some of the brightest young entrepreneurs that started their business in their early 20s. Here, I will uncover their story of how they get started, their struggles and success, and how they view the future as young visionaries of this generation. Welcome to the second episode of the Ideas Can't Wait podcast. I have the privilege to interview one of my good friends, Liana, who is the CEO and founder of Imaginable Solutions. She's one of the most pure and genuine person I've ever met, yet she still has the grit and passion to run her startup as a solo founder. In our conversation, we talked about how Liana turned her school project into a real business and how she overcomes her fears and obstacles as a young startup founder. Welcome, Liana. It's... Uh... It's my pleasure to have you on here, and uh, I know it's your third anniversary for your starting your business, Imaginable Solutions, so first, congratulations. Yeah, thank you so uh, much for having me on the podcast as well. Uh, for sure. So I want to go back to where it all started. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about how did you start Imaginable Solution and what is your story? Yeah, so I guess I'll begin with just telling you a little bit about our company and products, and then I'll take you take you to the origin story. Um, so our company is called Imaginable Solutions, and uh, we create assistive technology to improve the quality of life for people living with disabilities. And our first product is called Guided Hands. It's an assistive device that enables people living with limited hand mobility to write, paint, draw, and access technology through touchscreen devices. So we help people living with cerebral palsy, ALS, arthritis, dementia, Huntington's disease, even people recovering from brain injuries amongst a whole bunch of other different kinds of conditions. My background is in biomedical and mechanical engineering. And in my first year studying at McMaster University, I met a woman named Alyssa. And Alyssa, uh, I met her during my uh, school project at McMaster. And she did a presentation in front of our class um, on things that she could do and things that she couldn't do as a result of her condition. So she mentioned that she had problems with writing, drawing, painting, typing on the computer, doing the buttons on her shirt. But the one thing that really stood out to me was that she was a talented painter, but then as her condition progressed, she lost a function in her hand and she wasn't able to even hold a paintbrush anymore. So I, so the, the project was to create this woman something to enhance her life in any way. So I wanted to create her a painting assistive device to give her back her passion and love for painting, really focusing on that improved quality of life. So I created the first prototype for her. It was made up of pipe cleaners, straws, and a sponge. I incorporated Alyssa throughout the entire design process, and I eventually created her something that was able to help her paint again. And after that project, I was really passionate about it, and I wanted to see how many other Alyssas I could help. So I made a list of every single nursing home, retirement home, hospital clinic, rehab center in my hometown, Hamilton. And I busted across Hamilton with guided hands in a garbage bag since that was the only wrapping I could find. And I introduced guided hands to over 150 patients within two months. So this was before COVID. And I saw the happiness and creativity as people wrote, colored, painted, played games on an iPad. But the reason why I started this company was because I met this little girl named Bella at McMaster Children's Hospital. She also lived with cerebral palsy. And of course, since she was a little girl, I brought painting supplies with me. And 
As soon as she began painting, the widest smile spread across her face. And she turned to her mom and said, Mom, I want one. And then the mom asked me, how much is it? And at that point, the thought of selling this device had never crossed my mind. I just wanted to see my school project through and it was something that I was passionate about. But in that moment, I knew that this was exactly what I wanted to do. And I had the impact to change someone's life with this prototype. And a week later, I incorporated my company in Magical Solutions. And I didn't have any business background when I did that. It was really, I started the company out of pure passion, but I'm sure you'll, you'll ask me tons of questions about my challenges and stuff like that. So yeah, that's, I guess, how Imaginable Solutions began and how Guided Hands came to be. Wow, that's amazing. I, I think you, you started with trying to solve a problem and really genuinely helping a person with trouble in their life. And, and I guess you never thought about starting a business in the very beginning. And what, what was it like when you realized, oh, wow, I can really help a lot more people. I can really impact a lot more people. And since you're not a business student, were you scared when you were trying to incorporate the business? And what went through your mind when you realized, oh, wow, like I can do so much more with this idea? I think so, so many things were flooding into my head. Um, a lot of worry and nervousness about starting the company because again, I didn't have that business background. So the first couple of months when I, when I was going out to meetings with lawyers and business people, they were using terminology that I just did not understand, especially lawyers. I was going to meet lawyers to lawyers to patent guided hands and they were using legal terminology that I've never heard of. And I was not confident. I, I didn't ask them, oh, I don't know what that word means. Can you explain that to me? I would just write them in my, I would just write those legal terms in my notebook and then I'd Google them later. And I felt so discouraged thinking, am I the right person to do this? I don't have a business background. What am I thinking? But I really focused on the passion and the reason why I started the company. And that was to see the smile on other people's faces like Bella and Alyssa. And I think I, I definitely had more passion and excitement than the worries and fears, um, which is good because that made me start the company. But, uh, but I guess to get over the challenge of not having that business background and, and really developing that and building my foundation, I attended the nightly business workshops at night. And I had to take, I took these night classes in between seven engineering courses. So it was definitely a hustle to learn business. And the best thing is, is that since I was actively running my company and trying to grow it and work on validating the product and marketing it, I would learn concepts that, that night and I would apply it the next day. And I really learned business by doing um, and learning from those mistakes and and just getting back on my feet and seeing what can I do better next time and just trying to navigate myself through this crazy business world. Wow. So that's amazing. I want to know when you grew up, were you always the kid that really creative, creating a bunch of different stuff? Have you imagined yourself becoming an entrepreneur when you grew up? No, no, not at all. So I'm in, I'm in school for engineering. And yeah. uh, a few months before I started this project, I went to Honduras. It's a third world country near Guatemala. And I went there to shadow doctors, dentists, pharmacists. And uh, I loved that. And I came back saying, I'm going to be a dentist. So <laughs> I went to my academic advisor and I said, 
what courses do I need to take to finish my engineering degree, but also be able to apply to dental school? And we figured it all out. And then I started my project and then I met Alyssa and then I met Bella. And then I was like, I am not, I am not going to be a dentist. This, that is not the route for me. I need to bring this product to the world. And that's exactly what I want to do. And again, I mentioned, I found my passion in that moment. And as cheesy as it sounds, when I walked out of that hospital, I cried because for the longest time, I feel like we're all so young and we're all expected to find out what we want to do with our lives and what career we want to take at such a young age. And for me, that stressed me out so much. And I never really knew what I wanted to do. Just like what I said, I was in engineering when I was thinking of dental school. Like I was, I was all over the place. And in that moment, I knew that that was what I wanted to do. So it was such a special moment for me. And, but yeah, I guess to answer your questions, never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship kind of found me. So I guess it was always in my blood. I just needed something to kind of ignite that flame. Wow. That's amazing. And uh, since you stumbled into it and, and I want to know three years later, how do you feel? And maybe tell me a story that really keep you going. Yeah. So of course there's been so many challenges and things that we've had to deal with, but aside from seeing the smiles on our customers' faces, that definitely helps us keep, keeps us going and persevere through any challenges that we've had. But one of my favorite stories is actually more recent. It happened about two months ago. So I might be the first person to swear on your podcast. So I hope that's okay. But um, for the sake of the story, I must. So anyway, so I met this man named Jeff, who he lives with cerebral palsy. And I met him at a nonprofit organization. And his level of cerebral palsy was very high. So that meant that his condition is more severe. His hand mobility is more severe. Um, and he's also nonverbal. So he's actually lost the ability to speak because of his condition. So I showed him how to use guided hands. And he was writing and painting and coloring. And then I gave him an iPad to use with our product. And I gave him the game Wordscapes to, to play. And how Wordscapes goes is you got a bunch of jumbled letters and you connect the letters to form a word. So he was really good at it. He was so smart. He, was, he got the word sit, S-I-T, hit, H-I-T. And then he laughs and he spells S-H-I-T, shit. And <laughs> And for me, it was like this boy, he not only is so smart, he's he's getting all these words and he he also has a sense of humor and people around him were laughing and it was just such a beautiful moment. And that really reminded me of why I'm doing all of this. And I look forward to millions of more memories like that. And, uh, but yeah, that's definitely got to be my favorite mem memory out of this. Aside from meeting Alyssa and Bella, those two, those two women are also very impactful in my journey. But Jeff has, has got to be one of my most favorite funny stories that uh, that's happened. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I guess your customer is your inspiration because you see them change. You see them um, do better and you see them progress with your product. I, I guess that really brings you a lot of happiness and, and move you forward. Um, but I know that's probably just 10% of what you go through. 90% is still struggles. Um, and I know it's very difficult to run a startup. Maybe you can tell me, have you ever thought about giving up? Just tell me about a moment that you really 
wasn't doing so well and struggling when you were building your business? Mm -hmm. I I don't think there was ever a moment where I wanted to give up and just kind of like flatline, like that's it. And one of the reasons for that is the voice in my head is saying, Leanna, if you don't do this, who else is going to? Disability innovation is such a niche space and there's not a lot of people doing it and not a lot of people are focusing on their improved quality of life. So if you don't do it, who else is going to do it? So for me, I never really considered stopping or just flatlining the company, but there definitely were a lot of challenges that that made me reflect and maybe I had to take a go for a mental health walk or something because I just could not deal with something. I think the two challenges that are, I guess, bigger for me um, during the early stages of running the company was one was being a solo founder. Um, and then the second one was not, is just, was just feeling alone and not being surrounded by like-minded people and other, in other student entrepreneurs. So for the first being a solo founder, I had to go into meetings with these lawyers and these health professionals all by myself, which is very intimidating. And, uh, now I can do it. But when I first started, it was like, I was crapping my pants when I would go into these rooms and I was so, so nervous, but I, of course I had to put a brave face on. And, and then the other thing with being a solo founder was that I didn't know the pace that I was going at. And I didn't know if I was going too slow, if I was growing my company too fast. And I, how I kind of saw it was if there was a challenge, I solved it within a day or two. If I had to make a decision, that decision was made within an hour or two because I didn't have to ask anybody else for their approval or anything. So I was able to make a lot of decisions. And because of that, I was just sprinting. It was just like a never end sprint. And I was really burnt out by a few months in, like I was so burnt out. And of course that comes with balancing engineering courses and being present in your family and your friends and yeah, that really burnt me out. So I feel like if I had someone who was going in this journey with me, they would probably flag to me, Liana, you are going way too fast. We need to slow it down. But again, we were able to make a lot of great progress. So that was good too. And then the other thing is surrounding yourself with like-minded people and other student entrepreneurs. I felt so alone because a lot of my friends, they you know, they didn't experience the same challenges as me. They weren't calling lawyers saying, oh my gosh, how do we strategically think about what to do next? They didn't have those issues. The issues that my friends had were, okay, what bar should we go on Friday? And for me, I was writing a business plan on Friday. So I I did not have time for that. But but yeah, so it was kind of tricky. And, uh, and unfortunately, I did lose a lot of friends because they just didn't understand the stresses that I was going through. And unfortunately, they just didn't care to support me in this journey that I'm in. And now I'm, I've surround myself with entrepreneurs like you, Frank, and so many other people who understand and just act as a really nice group just to vent to, talk to, share ideas with. And it's just such a nice community and such a good feeling to to know that you're not alone in that the challenges that you're experiencing experiencing is so similar to even another entrepreneur who's not even in the same industry as you. Those have got to be the two biggest challenges that I've experienced just personally as well through through running my company.
Wow, that's amazing. You mentioned a little bit about balancing your school, your startup, as, as well as your friend. Before having your startup is just school and your personal life, but now startup has taken a majority of your life. So tell me about how did you really approach balancing school, startup, and even your personal life, friendship, relationship? Yeah, I, man, looking back at it, I don't know how I did it all. I I still don't know how I'm doing it all. Um, I I think for me, it's, it's just having a really good schedule. So for me, I work 8.30 to 5. And after then, if I have time, if I'm free at night and I don't have any things with my friends or my family, then I'll do, I'll do some more work. But for me, I, I really try to turn it off. And if I say to myself, you know what, I didn't get this done, it's okay. I'll, I'll work on it tomorrow. The world's not going to stop turning. The world's not going to crash if I don't send this email within the next five minutes. And I feel like that alleviates a lot of stress from me. Um, and one thing that my accountant actually told me, I was I had to do my taxes a few weeks ago and I said to her, okay, yeah, like I'll have all my, my files and my books and everything ready for you by tomorrow. And she said, Liana, I'll give you some advice. Don't tell me you're gonna have it in tomorrow. Say you'll have it in by the end of the week. Give yourself some breathing time because you never want to miss that deadline that you gave yourself. It's better to prolong it a little bit, but then make that deadline or even submit it earlier. So, and that really, that really stuck with me that giving myself breathing time and I don't have to do it, you know, this second, or it doesn't need to get done right away. And I think that also comes from being a solo founder um, and not knowing what pace I'm going at. But um, I think that was really, really awesome advice to, to kind of make sure that, I'm taking care of myself and being present with my family. And and the other thing is my family understands that this is what I love to do. So I feel like, and also my friends and the people who I surround myself with, they get it. So if I don't text a friend in a few weeks, like they know Leanna's hustling. Like she, she's probably still thinking of me, worrying about what I'm doing, but you know, she, it's not like I've lost her as a friend. She's just sometimes busy. And I feel like having friends that understand that is so, so important. Even when you're a student, right? Like even engineering is such a tough undergrad. You can't always do everything that your friends are doing. And as long as you can check in once in a while and, and say to them, Hey, like I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? And, and, uh, let's, and sometimes I got to schedule my friends into, to see them. Uh, sometimes I got to put them in the calendar, which is sometimes not good to say, but, but again, it's, it's really scheduling and making sure that you allot time for your company so that you feel good about making progress. And that, and I also found that if you make sure that you work on your company from 8.30 to 5, you will be more present when you go out to dinner with your friends. Because whatever you did for your company, like it's it stays with between 8.30 to 5 and then you're able to um, be present with your friends and not think about 10 million different things while you're sitting in front of someone. However, I am being... I wouldn't say not truthful, but you know, there's definitely been times where I've woken up at three o'clock in the morning in like a hot sweat, like, oh my God, like I totally forgot to send this email. And I think that's just what entrepreneurship is going to be about. You're always going to be thinking about your company. You're always going to be thinking about different opportunities and, and ideas, but it's really trying to 
set some boundaries and and stuff like that you can't help it we're if you're an innovator an entrepreneur you're always going to be thinking of your company but it's it's up to you to try to schedule and make time um, for yourself for others and for your company it's crazy how much difficulty and troubles there is when running a startup and, and you mentioned that what help you is sometimes advice from people who's more experienced and especially when when we're like just 19 years old when you started your first business um so tell me about how do you approach getting advice from others and is that an integral part of your growth when you're growing your business yeah so again because i didn't have any business background i really asked so many people for help. And I really wanted to learn from people who are smarter than me. So I always say, surround yourself with people who are smarter than you so that they can lift you up and they can really teach you, um, I guess, the journey of entrepreneurship and the different types of themes and stuff that you're going to to try to, you know, that you're going to come to face with. And for me, I have about 15 different mentors. And um Sometimes if I ask them all the same question, they all come back with a different response, which is so <laughs> tricky because you don't know what to do or it's so hard to make a decision when so many people are telling you different things. But it's also really great to have different perspectives. So it's the best of both worlds of having so many different perspectives, but then the other world is, okay, like what decision am I making? But it's, I feel like for me, how I've learned business was through my mentors, teaching me one-on-one -on, -one on a specific topic and in just finding people who want to support not only your company's growth, but your personal growth is so important. That's amazing. Learning, learning from people who's more experienced than us, especially mentors, can really help us avoid the mistakes that they used to make and, and just make the correct decision, but not, not always correct. I, I want to know is... Do, by doing your startup, did you find any learnings or did you find any habits that you learned that you think you wouldn't otherwise get from not doing a startup? Yeah, I think that is a really good question. I think that I really learned to become more empathetic and um, I really became a better listener. So they're not necessarily new things that I've learned while running my company, but definitely helped me so much to, to grow those two areas. Being empathetic to people with disabilities is huge. And then listening to them and asking your end user, what problem are you experiencing? What are your needs? And listening to your end user, regardless of what industry or company you're running, is so, so important because there are the people who are using your product, so you need to make sure that you're solving their problem and identifying their needs correctly for you to even have a successful product or business. So through my company, it really taught me the importance of those two, two things, and I feel like I'm becoming an expert in them. Um, and then, of course, they just apply to being a good listener for my friends and my family. Um, but then the other bigger thing is, is time management. Um, and that just comes with a lot of trial and error, sometimes prioritizing things that maybe you shouldn't have prioritized or just, just scheduling and, and using calendars to, to make sure that you're on top of things. Definitely entrepreneurship and running my company has, has helped me in that department. I know a lot of students, even if you're playing sports and you're in school, you got to time manage, but with a company you're balancing 
like hundreds of things at the same time. And, uh, and it really, it really tests you sometimes, but, but those are definitely three skills that I've really grown through, through running my company that I don't think I would have had the opportunity to grow to that extent if I, if I didn't. Uh, that's amazing to hear you just grow so much by just doing your startup. And, um, I guess I want to shift gear a little bit. So, um, we, we start the business trying to be successful or trying to make an impact and success might mean different things to different people. Uh, it might mean making a hundred million dollars or it might mean, uh, impacting a thousand people. Um, so what does success mean to you? Yeah, that's a really good question. Success to me is the excitement and passion I have to wake up in the morning and work on my company. You know, of course, I could probably use an extra five minutes of sleep, but just being excited to get to my emails, to looking into different opportunities for partnerships and events that we can attend and create more awareness for our product. It's so exciting and I, and I love it. And I feel like a lot of people say, if you love what you do, if you love your work, it's not work. And I think that's exactly what I've done. I've really transformed my passion into a profession. And um, that's, I guess that's how I measure my personal success. But I guess in terms of company success, how we measure it is just the reactions of people when they use Guided Hands. Um, a child who goes from not being able to write their own name to now being able to draw a photo or draw a picture that their family can hang on their fridge. And I think to us, that's, that's how we measure success. And that's how we know that our innovation's working and we're doing the right thing, right? Making a really solid impact. And, and again, that just inspires us to, to keep going as well. Success brings you happiness and your success means looking at your customers, using your product and waking up happy and being excited to work on a company that's, uh, that's really amazing. That's happiness and success. And um, and my last question, can you give me one piece of advice who, for young Gen Zers who want to start their business, what would be something that we, you would tell them? I don't know if your podcast will flank this as copyright, but I would say just do it. Um, I feel like whenever you're, you know, if you're trying out for a sports team or you're, you're trying out what sport you want to play, you, you got to test it. You got to test it out if you like it. And I think that's what entrepreneurship is about too. Just give it a shot. Again, fail doesn't mean fail. It's first attempt in learning. Um, so all you're going to do is just learn from your experience and that's just going to make you a better person, a better leader. And and just give it a shot. You have nothing to lose. Um, and it's just such such a fun, incredible journey. And just make sure that you surround yourself with people who are like-minded, people who are smarter than you, and other student entrepreneurs to really support you during this this crazy, wild roller coaster ride. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you, Liana, for coming on this podcast. Really appreciating you telling us the stories and giving advice to young people. Um, again, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ideas Can't Wait Podcast. If you have taken something away from this episode and really enjoyed our conversation, it will mean the world to me if you can leave a review on wherever you're listening or watching. It will help this podcast to reach more like-minded people like you. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next one.